well, well, welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from Sludge Central and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast, we're doing something that we haven't done before. We've talked about all kinds of monsters and spooky stuff, but tell everybody tonight what we're talking about. Mummies. 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 Can't say that either of us are uh, particular mummy guys. We don't not like mummies. We just aren't necessarily super passionate about them. But, God, it really came together. Yeah, you mentioned it. And I'm like, hmm. Sometimes it's the things that you aren't really thinking about that <laughs> that really hit home. Yeah, I got to admit, I kind of locked on the idea. I really liked it before I pitched it to you. So I did one of those like kind of like screwy psychology things where I gave you three options and the other two were intentionally bad. <laughs> it's like we could talk about bottle caps, shoelaces, or mummies. <laughs> Like, it's uh, all can, it's all you, Jay. It's can, all you. We can talk about quadratic equations or mummies. <laughs> oh, mummies! You picked that. That's a great idea. I think it can work. It, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about mummies. All things mummies. All things mummies. I think the hard thing for both of us is that some classic mummies have already come up. We established right away, neither of us could bring up Fruity Yummy Mummy because we've done it way too much. Mumra has been covered. Yeah. The Yete from WCW <laughs> has been covered. Right. So we had to dig pretty deep, and I think we did. We did. We did an excavation. Mmm. Yes. So, yeah, tonight we'll be talking about mummies of all kinds, of all walks of pop culture. Eight great mummies, and um, whose turn is it? Mine? I think it's your turn, yeah. All right, here's my first mummy, Jay. All right. Number one. We interrupt our program for this special bulletin from the Middle East, where it is reported that a giant ghostly mummy is terrorizing the oil fields. Did he say ghostly? Yeah, he said ghostly. Here is reporter Jessica Ray. Hey, it's Jessica. Thank you, Ted. Well, as you can see, it is a scene of great turmoil here at the world's largest oil field. Jake, Jake, isn't that Airhead? Sure is, Eddie. I'd recognize that moronic mummy anywhere, but good grief. Look at the size of him. He's huge! From the Filmation Ghostbusters cartoon in the mid-80s, my first pick is Airhead. Go, go, Ghostbusters, go, go. Oh my god, so just, you know, to go with what you were just doing there, aside from the theme, I don't think I realized until this episode that I'm going to talk about here, 
What a great score that show had. Amazing. So synthy. It's like, oh, oh my yeah. God, someone needs to do like a vinyl release or something. And then they were doing the uh, the little... Um, the yeah, Egyptian... The Egyptian song, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Airhead. This guy was one of Prime Evil's buffoonish minions. He was this kind of chubby squat ghost mummy basically an idiot which is why he's named airhead yeah me airhead and to really sell the idea that this is a ghost mummy there is nothing underneath his bandages jay it's like they just wrapped around this invisible man it's a good look when you say nothing you think he's not wearing anything no but it's just air he's just nothing (laughs) air air hence the name airhead yes (laughs) God, it just all fits so well. They really put some thought into the name slash character combo here. Airhead only appeared, I think, in six episodes. But the one I want to focus here tonight on is called Mummy Dearest. Right. It's available on YouTube if you could stand getting nailed with mid-rolls every fucking second. Did you did you catch that? I didn't even know it was possible to have that many ads on a YouTube video. Well, this is why I was thinking, I'm like, should I just go and find the DVD set? Because it's in the basement, Dude, you know? <laughs> you could have ordered the DVD from Amazon, and it would have got to you, and you still would have seen the episode faster than just watching it straight on this fucking YouTube. <laughs> Trying to watch a show with all those breaks, it's like, come on. No, I mean, geez. look, it was literally sometimes every minute. Yeah. One minute would pass, and they would show me... Fucking Obi-Wan walking in the factory telling me about, I don't know, groceries or some shit. <laughs> anyway, back to Airhead. Yeah. So Primeval, he's this main bad guy. He's basically like Satan mixed with a skeleton robot, right? Anyway, the first thing I'd better do is give Airhead some help. A sandstorm should do nicely. <laughs> So in this episode, Prime Evil wants to take over the world, and he decides that the best way to do that is by cutting off the world's fuel supply so nobody can drive. <laughs> I actually had to stop the YouTube video and go back a minute. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm lost. Is this really his plot? Yes. Well, you put on a Filmation Ghostbusters episode, and the first thing that you see is they're digging for oil. And you're thinking, hmm, this doesn't seem like, am I watching the right episode? <laughs> what is right, this? Right, because they open with those the, the score that I was telling you about, those horror synthy strings. Mm-hmm. And then it like pans and you see oil drilling. I'm like, huh, yeah. this is odd. <laughs> so to accomplish his mission of cutting off the world's fuel supply, Prime Evil enlists Airhead the Ghost Mummy to visit the actual literal Middle East and scare off all the people working at the drill. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Mideast oil fields! Source of much of the world's power! Now, what kind of power? Oil, you mummified moron! <laughs> Gasoline! Fuel! Without it, the Earth would be helpless! No cars, no trucks! No trains would move, imagine! And I had no idea how well this was all going to tie into current events. Like, the gas prices are skyrocketing. Blame <laughs> Airhead. <laughs> yeah, freaking Airhead. Freaking Airhead. So in his normal form, Airhead is just like, I don't know, like four feet tall, whatever, and not much of a threat. So what Primeval does here is he uses his evil magic to turn Airhead into a kaiju. 
Giant ghost monster, yeah. Giant ghost monster. For the bulk of the episode, he's as tall as a building, and he's just, like, chilling out at this oil drilling facility, scaring all the workers off. Yes, scary. There's Airhead down there, and he's gigantic. Looks like we've got a big job to do. So naturally, the Ghostbusters catch wind of this, and they head off to stop him. Ugh, you know, I'm not going to get into every detail here, but in the end, they lure Airhead into a car wash because I guess water shrinks him back down to size, and they win, and Airhead gets dematerialized for the 8,000th time, and it's just all really great. Airhead wet! He's shrinking! Oh no, Airhead gets small! So I was singing the Go Go Ghostbusters theme in the beginning, right? right? And it kind of has the vibe of Maneater by Hall and Oates. Like, really? go, go, Ghostbusters. Pulling it up now. Let's see if I got another. Oh, there are some more YouTube ads. Wonderful. <laughs> right, let's see. Filmation presents. Oh my god. You're you're right. I could tell them like three beats that you're right. God <laughs> surprised you're saying that. Unless you're trolling me. No, I'm not. It's <laughs> did Hollow Notes do the theme? I mean, they were both popular at the same time. Filmation Ghostbusters and Hollow Notes pretty much hit their peak in the same year. Whoa, here she comes. I'm primeval. I'm primeval. <laughs> moment it's it's lunch my first pick tonight matt is from amazing stories it's the fourth episode it's called mummy daddy and it aired october 27 1985 so i did not realize that this was pretty much officially the amazing stories halloween episode and boy does that fit yeah and i remember when this was being advertised they did show some of the scarier parts, and I felt like, oh my god, this is going to be just terrifying. And I didn't realize at the time that it was a real comedy. It's a comedy, but I think it exemplifies the whole thing with Amazing Stories, is that it never was trying to be like a Tales from the Crypt-level scary show, right. but because of the budget and the effects, it really fucking spooked you out. Oh, definitely. And this was a real tribute to the classic monster movies. This guy, Harold, is an actor, and he's playing a mummy, 
in a horror film directed by Bronson Pinchot, who we know Balky. as Balky Bartokamus. Mm. Is that a smile? Oh, now listen, old buddy, it's going to take a half an hour to get you out of that. Another 45 minutes to get you back in, right? And you're the first shot after lunch, so what do you say? We go relax and you keep it on. Okay, big buddy. Let's go right over. I cannot see him not do the Balky voice and have it not be weird. It's Don't just so ridiculous. Odd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. always thinking. And back then, it was even weirder because you're like, oh, he does other things other than Balky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's making like that's a rap jokes while he's directing. It was fantastic. Totally. So the actor who's playing the mummy uh, was really, really good because he had to sort of like limp around and he was trying to speak and he couldn't really speak because he had such prosthetics on. He, he had this great Hollywood level costume. As good a mummy as I've seen anywhere else. I mean that sincerely. Really scary looking. Like, just like every detail was nailed. Right. And so he's in this movie set, and they tell him that his wife is going into labor. So his dilemma is that he's got to get out of the movie set to get to the hospital to see the kid being born and whatnot. Right, right. So uh, he runs into, like, local rednecks, and people are trying to kill him because he's a mummy. And he can't explain himself because he's got, like you said, the prosthetics. So he'd be like, Yeah. What is that? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Are you okay? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. 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 Go for it. But what sucks is that simultaneously, there's a lot going around about a local legend of a mummy named Ra Amin Ka. And this guy just happens to get mistaken for Ra Amin Ka. Ra Amin Ka, I think you said his name was, yeah. is essentially his twin. Like, he's the real mummy, but he, they basically look exactly alike. Right. And <laughs> eventually, he does come into contact with the actual Ra Amin Ka, who comes out of a sarcophagus. And that's when shit gets real. <laughs> They have, like, a Mortal Kombat fight. They had, like, a real kung fu parody going, but, like, this mummy is actually scary. He got, like, the slow motion treatment and everything. This was a comedy episode, but come on, you had to be a little freaked out when you saw that mummy. It does have a light atmosphere this episode, but, like, the horror uh, look of it is really good. Like, classic horror movie, and, again, like, the actual mummy is actually scary, so it's kind of cool to watch. It was actually inspired by a true story where the filming of The Son of Frankenstein, Boris Karloff had to go to the hospital where his daughter was being born as the monster. He was Frankenstein. <laughs> So, oh, man. Yeah. Well, either that happened or a publicist existed back then because that <laughs> sounds like a made-up story. Oh, my God. Even what if, commitment? Even if it was made up, like Steven Spielberg made an actual episode in tribute to that, which is kind of cool. And a couple other things. So Bob the Goon is in this episode. That's who that was. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew I knew that face. Yeah. By the way, he wasn't the mummy. He was one of the townspeople. He, right. right. He was the town. Yeah, exactly. They were doing the parody of the Frankenstein townspeople with the fucking torches and all that shit. Maybe there are good mummies and bad mummies. You look like a good one. I am. I am a good mummy. I promise. 
I am. Of course you could be a bad one. No, no. no. I said we hang on just in case. And I love how, I think we could spoil it, there is the happy ending where Harold the mummy gets to the hospital and he's like cradling his new baby. <laughs> yes. I love that because it's where Amazing Stories really shines. The other anthology shows were, as a rule, dismal, cynical, and they mm-hmm. always had those sad endings. Yeah. Here you would get the Wayne's World super mega happy ending. I love you. The mummy's a daddy. It's just like they say. What? You're never too old. I definitely recommend the episode, and Danny Elfman did the score. So that's enough right there to want to see it. Yeah, he like killed it on that show. Wow, what a score. So good. Perfect. always there jay waiting oh. to enter fucking you or some shit i don't know it's a little <laughs> weird now that i say it yes indeed my second mummy comes from an episode of the 1980s horror anthology series tales from the dark side dark side season four episode six the grave robber and we have a lot to talk about with this one jay yeah this is um, out of control show was born weird but it only got weirder as it went on this particular episode was pretty close to the end of the series, so it's just bonkers. It really is, yeah. We've got a pair of archaeologists, and I guess like they are archaeologists slash grave robbers, guy and a girl. They get inside a pyramid, and they want to steal the ancient treasure. And instead, they find this killer mummy, who I think his name is Tupac. I will strip the flesh from your bones! English! <laughs> I speak the language of any intruder! In this sacred burial place, so they can hear my curse over their bloody coffins. T A P O K, who was played by this guy Arnold Stang, who P.S. was the voice of Top Cat. So yes. that mummy was freaking Top Cat. He had a long career, that guy. I will amuse myself and then oblivion. I know he means it. I will think of a slow death. A special one, something memorable for me to recall into the next millennium. This is one of the rare, quote-unquote, funny episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Very unusual to get one that's more comedic, but this one definitely was. Yeah, 100%. 
And the deal here is that the mummy wants to kill the looters, but instead they convince him to play strip poker with them. <laughs> so you got this mummy against the archaeologist dude, and the woman is trying to help the archaeologist cheat. How many cards? Ed, uh, what would you suggest? Get rid of those three kings. But I thought kings are most powerful. Could three kings ever rule a country? Would they ever agree on anything? Ah, I see what you mean. I'll take three. Coming up. Idea is that if they can get the mummy to drop all of his bandages, he'll turn to dust and they can escape. But the mummy wins and the archaeologist dude has to become the mummy instead. So the mummy gives him all his bandages and he's just like this zombie guy. And remember what they say in Vegas. Keep your eye on the bottom of the deck. <laughs> I would say he's um, creepy looking a little bit, but the comedy kind of takes the edge off. Without the bandages, he kind of looks like that guy from Dawn of the Dead who's, like, in bed. Oh, yeah, he kind of does look like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's played for laughs, so it's a little uh, understated. Right. Despite being a goofy episode, though, it was definitely a fierce-looking mummy, as good as any of the others we're going to be talking about tonight. And you wouldn't expect that. This show didn't have a huge budget. Oh, definitely not. And you could tell by the quality of the videotape that looked like it was from the late 60s yes <laughs> yeah and the please that pyramid set i mean it looked like a escape room in north jersey it was it was like nothing i should mention that the grave robber seems to be one of the least liked episodes of the show people really hate this one for some reason but i i don't know i kind of dug it the dark side is always there, waiting for us to enter, waiting to enter us. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. Number four. Next up for me, Matt, is a action figure of Chris Jericho. And I know what you're thinking. How could this fit into the Mummy episode? Well, this is a Chris Jericho figure that was also a mummy. He's a Jericho mummy. This was yeah. part of what? So that this is part of the Mattel line called Monsters. They've also had zombies and WWE Masters of the Universe and all this. So they do a lot of crossovers. This one was like classic movie monsters, right? So they've had the uh, creature, Frankenstein, werewolf, vampire. This is Chris Jericho as a mummy. Wrestling fans, there's a lot of crossover with horror movies. I know. I've been to the conventions. Half of them are wearing wrestling shirts. Exactly. So you're thinking, all right, man, wrestling, horror, let's put it together and come out with WWE horror figures, basically. And the strange thing is that a lot of fans out there despise these figures. Like, there's a lot it's of wrestling It's so funny because, like, I, not that I don't appreciate the look of the WWE figures that come out these days, but I never really pay attention to them. This set, oh, I might have to buy a few of these. Yeah. People like us look at them like, hmm, I like that. And then there's other people who are like, why did they come out with these? These are horrible. So for me, this was like a real win situation. 
and it also helps like in your storylines if you're trying to bring some macabre into the storylines when you're playing with your wrestling figures. So you're downstairs in your little back cave there <laughs> with your LJN ring making uh, The Undertaker go against Mummy Jericho. Yeah, exactly. This Jericho figure is so cool looking and really, really well done. It's not like cheesy. It's very accurate to how it would be. Like they took it seriously. The thing I like about the Jericho Mummy figure specifically is that it's the only one. It's really the only one in the entire Monsters line that doesn't just look like a wrestling figure with some shit added on. Mm -hmm. If you just got the figure, if I handed you that figure out of the packaging, this you didn't know anything about this line, I don't think you would say, oh, that's Chris Jericho from WWE. You probably right. just think it was like a ripped mummy. Yeah, or it was like a new prototype for Mummies Alive or something. Oh my God, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> So he comes with his little tablet and it says the list of Jericho. So I figured in this case, he actually just made the list. He made his own list. <laughs> so I had to fit this on here because I love those figures. I feel like people need to turn the corner on them and admit that these figures are awesome. The thing I love most about this figure is that purple skin. Oh yeah. He's got purple skin. It's amazing. Also help me, purple skin. Yeah, it's, it's really great. I think this one Amazon review of the Chris Jericho Monsters figure said it best. Quote, this wrestler is a little odd looking, but if you are collecting the monster ones, I guess this is a god deal. Fun for everyone, sold separately from Amtoy. Okay, Jay, my third pick is Dustbrain, one of the original Madballs put out by Amtoy in 1985. This is a good one. Yeah, I went back and forth on it because I wasn't sure that there was enough to Dustbrain to cover a whole section, but there is. There definitely is. Lots on Dustbrain, yeah. So let's start with the toy, the original one. It was a first series Madball. In my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, from the first series. A mummy-themed Madball, this grotesque, green, zombie-looking dude who was covered in tattered bandages. Man, he is really, really good-looking. I feel like Dustbrain was, to me, was like the Madball. Yeah, I you know, it's between him and that one that had the drooping eye. I think it was like, for me, the classic Madball. Yeah. 
So here's where things start to get interesting. Madballs was mostly an in-hand merch thing, but they did have a couple of direct-to-video cartoons in the 80s. And in those cartoons, they gender-swapped Dustbrain and they turned him into Dusty Dustbrain. This, like, sweetly voiced but still gruesome Madball. Hey, that looks like my long-lost cousin Petunia! Do you remember Miss Pac-Man from the Pac-Man cartoons? She was very Miss Pac-Man-ish. You're right. She looked just like the Miss Pac-Man, only you cover her in bandages and give her like a bloodshot eye. That yeah. was dusty. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you watched any of those cartoons this week. They're really strange. I guess I can't claim that they were very good, but they're weird. They're interesting. Yeah, no, I definitely watch them. And I feel like that was just something I fully missed out on. Like I never saw those as a kid. You would only have really seen them in video stores, and they were up against shit like WrestleMania 2 and, and <laughs> Disney Scary Tales. They didn't have much of a chance, Jay. Right, you're right. But, uh, God, this sweet little Madball cartoon girl with the mummy bandages, ugh, just total style icon. I love her, and I know that you do too. The best part about those cartoons is that they play in a band in space. I love it. And she plays the bass, so she's slapping the bass. <laughs> I should also mention that Dust Brain was part of the 2000s Madball revival. Eh, didn't do much for me because number one, he was back to being a boy, and number two, his new gimmick was that he was extremely flatulent. Yeah, that was this whole gimmick is that he was always farty and bloated. Yeah, uh, no, not for me, Jag. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Give me back my sickly princess. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not into it either. <laughs> Checked eBay, the original Dust Brain Madball toys, they are not cheap. It's like 50 to 60 bucks for a loose one. So 50, 60 bucks, I mean, nowadays, you drop that in no time. Yeah, I and mean, if you go to Target to buy anything, it's 50 bucks. So oh, yeah. Not, not too bad. Yeah. What I really want, though, I don't think to date there has ever been a toy specific to the female version of Dust Brain. So all you customizers out there. Maybe someone on Etsy has one. Fuck that. If it's on Etsy, then you know it's like two twenty-five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't get a fucking return on my taxes, Jay. I don't get the money for that shit. What I did like, though, is that they kept her last name Dustbrain, so it was like still tributing the original. Yeah, in case any kids got confused, they wanted to make sure that you knew that that ball, that mummy ball in your hand was... I guess, Dusty. Yeah, it's like, well, this Dust Brain, the original, is in my hand. But I'm looking at, and now it's a girl, and she's got these big red lips, and she is actually kind of turning me on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, Jesus Christ. You weren't expecting That was a, a road that you did not expect to travel. <laughs> oh, no, she's hot. <laughs> Number six. Happy Halloween, 
It's now my chance to talk about the Hallmark Rappin' Mummy, Matt. You're back on your bullshit, I say. (laughs) So this is a singing plush toy that was exclusive to Walmart, apparently. And it's a mummy plush toy with sunglasses, a sideways baseball cap, and a chain. If you've ever seen that meme image of, like, hip-hop Garfield, picture that but make it a mummy. Yeah. He's a rapper. I'm well aware of the rapping. <laughs> so he's rapping like an original song, which is really what got me about this thing because. No, these... what got you about this thing is what gets you about everything that's like this thing. It's one of those things where if you fucking touch it, it makes a sound and you're obsessed with anything that does that. <laughs> it's true. But also he kind of dresses like me. So I'm like, all right, maybe. <laughs> oh my God. He does dress like you. <laughs> I have to pull him up again. Hold on. What the hell is this? It's the Hallmark Rappin' Mummy. God, that's so funny. Oh, my God. It is fucking you as a little 10-inch plush doll covered in band-aids. It's incredible. You even wear the same kind of chain. And he's always rapping. And he's always rapping. <laughs> so this is the best part, though, for me. Because usually, and as you know, yeah, I have the thing for these sound maker things. And... We'll go to the store and I'll always play them. But you know what they always play? Licensed songs. Like sometimes it's an oldie. You'll do the mash. Great balls of fire. Goodness gracious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This one has an original rap song customized for Halloween. So some of the lyrics are, well, happy Halloween all you goblins and ghouls. I'm MC Mummy. Blah, blah, blah. And he's got this whole great rap. Like show me something yummy to eat. He's rapping yummy with mummy. He's spitting rhymes like he's big tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they fucking get to record these things? Like when they hire people, do they know that they're going to end up trapped in these 10 inch dolls? Like do they have any <laughs> idea what they're recording for? But they're going to live forever. They're going to live as long as you do. Cause I know you got this shit out on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> Not a gimmick for the show, by the way, guys. Like, I've been out holiday shopping with you. How many times have we been in spirit? And I'll go online, and suddenly I realize that you're trapped in the checkout impulse section, testing every single thing that makes a sound. This is true. He reminds me, I don't know when he came out, but there was that stretch earlier in the 2000s where it's like these things were all the rage. Yeah. Every holiday was ruled by these song-playing dolls. This is definitely one of the better ones. He'll go really well with the Frankenstein that I had from Hallmark. He'll go good with that. He'll go good with the Howler. He'll go good with the (laughs) fucking zombie that rides a skateboard and hums. That's my Frankenstein. Oh, God. He sounds like a little baby. He's a Franken-baby. Oh, that's cute. From an idea thousands of years old comes Pyramid, a game as hard to master as the pyramids themselves. To win, you must get five pyramids in a row, and I will win today, Ramesses. 
You may have the wisdom of the ages, but I see your strategy and I block it. My brain is vibrant whilst yours is mummified. Five pyramids! You've beaten me! Mm-hmm. Pyramid, <laughs> as hard to master as the pyramids themselves. All right. It is time for my final pick. I can't wait to hear it. You know where we're going. This <sighs> is the Pyramid board game made by Hasbro in the mid-70s. I think maybe like 1975 or so. Mm. <laughs> I went into this one kind of blind, found the commercial on YouTube, knew I had to include it. It's this great TV spot where you got this guy in a fez playing this board game, Pyramid, against a mummy, and they're inside a pyramid. And that same mummy is also on the gorgeous box art to the game. So it's just a really, really good look. That commercial's great. The box is great. The idea was great when you said, let's play a game. Like, love the creativity. I'm a game guy. Let's do it. I actually bought the game on eBay, and just the other day, you and I played against each other, so we would both know what was up with it. And um, before we get to how that went, let me just describe the game. Pyramid is like a horizontal version of Connect 4, or in this case, Connect 5. There's two players. Each one has 12 of these bomb-ass plastic pyramids in either black or gold. P.S. Those things are such great little knickknacks, Jay. They are. Come on, if you were a kid in the 70s, you wouldn't want to just get the game for those and mix them in with your action figures. Oh, so good. Yeah. So the goal is to create a line of five pyramids. So I'll put a pyramid on the table. The other player puts one of his down, and we have to connect them, rinse and repeat until one of us has five in a row. It requires a deceptive amount of strategy. I think the key word there is deceptive. <laughs> so... You and I, we played a few games on the floor in your little bat cave, and it was a clean sweep for me. Not clean. It was a sweep. It wasn't clean, though. Look, you're a man of many talents. You can rap, you can dance, you can deadlift your body weight. You know how to organize an Ikea glass shelf, but I don't think we can count playing Hasbro's Pyramid game among your special skills. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, I mean, okay. If anyone's ever seen White Men Can't Jump, that's what happened here. So you basically are hustling this Hasbro pyramid game. You're the Hasbro hustler. When I brought it into your place, it literally was still wrapped in the eBay shit. So right, but I, I never opened it. I've never seen this game before. But see, it doesn't mean that you hadn't studied the game through and through and tried to master it before you even came over. I literally read the instructions out loud for the first time while I was sitting on your floor. And this is what got me. Like, we're playing this game maybe five or six rounds. I'm winning. I'm winning every time. And you're just desperate to somehow taint those wins. You kept saying things like, basically saying it was impossible for you to win. And my natural rebuttal was that we were trading turns in who went first. We both had the same number of pieces. There was no argument to be made that I had any advantage. Well... There's definitely something crooked going on. You were so obviously steaming mad. And we had such a good day. We went to some Star Wars event in the city. We saw X. We had a really good day. And then we capped it off with you losing 80 straight games of Pyramid. <laughs> well, totally killed the vibe. I was hoping to win at least one. <laughs> you know, that last game, I was like actually trying a little bit to give you some openings. And you just weren't following the lead there. I honestly feel like there's a secret to that game that I don't know about. Either way, can't help but appreciate how awesome this looks. Like, this is a really cool mummy on the box, and even if you never play it, it's worth buying on eBay just for that. 
I love the pick. I think it's great that you picked this out because it's a game that we hadn't talked about. We have a board game show in our archives. Well, this is one of the rare cases when something is absolutely before our time. And that's great because we're both really old and it sucks. So to be able to talk about something that's actually predating us, it's a rare it's We're a rare almost thing. the mummy playing the game. Yeah. That mummy's got like two years on us, Max. <laughs> yeah, we went to high school with him. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. From out of the pages of DC Comics comes the world's newest and greatest superhero, Plastic Man. He can spring. He can stretch. He can fly. He can bounce. He can change his shape. And he can even dance. Each week, Plastic Man will face the world's greatest collection of villains. There's action. There's comedy. There's danger. There's Penny. There's bad luck, Hula. There's plenty for everybody on the Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show. Eat your heart out, Pink Man! It's time to get down, Matt, with Plastic Man meets Disco Mummy. And this is an episode of the cartoon series Plastic Man that aired in January of 1980. My God, so you warned me that this was going to be batshit, but I had no (laughs) idea to what extent. It's so far beyond batshit. It's like they let third graders build a script via Mad Libs. It is insane. That's really what it was. But I have to say, before I get into the details of this episode, that really was, like, without question, that whole series was one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid. I loved Plastic Man. It was so up my alley. Even I watched it, and I wasn't a DC kid at all. But I liked it because it was very comedic, but also, like, superhero-y at the same time. So in this episode, an ancient Aztec queen called Disco Mummy comes back to life and steals the treasure of Cortez from the government. Nothing can stop Disco Mummy from collecting the treasures of the world. (laughs) And then she winds up kind of fooling around with Plastic Man and trying to get plastic man to be her mummy king i must have that handsome cat here at my side as my stretchy strong man yummy mummy king she's got a hard on for plastic yeah. man is essentially what's going on and i didn't realize i don't know if this was a recurring thing but pretty much every woman in the show is really <laughs> into plastic man if he could do that some other things he might be able to do <laughs> And Disco Mummy, like, she's a mummy. She's got long, dark hair. She wears a pink, a hot pink leather jacket. She's got knee-high black boots, and she dances to disco music. Needle plans, baby. You're my swinging disco king. And you're my swinging disco queen. Petrified pineapples. We gotta do something. She is the coolest motherfucker. Like, picture Dazzler from Marvel and make it an evil brunette mummy. She is so cool. Yeah, she's like the greatest thing ever. And she's got a mummified dog as her little sidekick. 
And she has a mummy mobile, a disco mummy mobile. Her branding is spot on. She's got like her own logo. Let's get her into one of these uh, Matt Reeves movies. Yeah, she definitely deserves a starring role. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ, though. I mean, this episode is just so insane, Jay. Yeah, it's crazy. You mentioned Disco Mummy's dog, the mummy dog. Yeah. There's a part where this mummy dog has uh, Penny and the guy in the Hawaiian shirt. They're being held hostage. This dog is guarding them. Mm -hmm. So Penny just randomly yanks out a mechanical robot flea and flicks it at the dog who gets distracted long enough for them to escape. (laughs) Flea is not mentioned ever before this. It's just just randomly there. And everything I just described constitutes a grand total of maybe seven seconds of the episode. How do I get past him? With headquarters' latest gadget. Marvin the Mechanical Flea. And this specific episode is really just all over the place. At the end of the episode, there's a popular scene where Plastic Man is dancing disco, and it became a really popular gif. Like when you're on Twitter and you type in Plastic Man, it comes up. They really need to do a Plastic Man movie and have Paul Rudd as Plastic Man because he could do all the crazy dances and be funny. Yeah, I can see Paul Rudd doing a Plastic Man. That's not a bad casting choice. I mean, he's why not? I mean, we cast Paul Rudd and everything else. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm totally into this episode, and I'm glad I finally got a way to squeeze in Plastic Man on the Purple Stuff podcast. Compared to like the average Hanna-Barbera filmation type of cartoon, this one was really clever, actually. Like yeah. it's it's weird, but it actually is really good. Love it. What's happening at a thousand years old? Your Zendow leaves work, Professor Cyclone. Plastic Man is now a mummy. So our mummy show is all wrapped up, Matt. Oh, God. So many mummies. I love our picks. I love them. Yeah. I was watching these shows like the Tales from the Dark Side episode, Amazing Stories, even Plastic Man. And I'm just like, I'm in hog heaven over there. I'm like, God, what a fucking cool load of shit we're talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. A lot of cool stuff on tonight's episode. You want to go through my list? Yeah, I'm going to do that gonna do that right now you had a hell of a list here we had the hasbro pyramid game which you have a secret to and you don't want to tell anybody which is smart you want to keep those under wraps the secret is uh go against jay in every game and you'll never lose (laughs) uh filmation ghostbusters airhead episode where he becomes a giant kaiju and then we have dust brain dusty from mad balls and um, Tales from the Dark Side, the Grave Robber episode. Wow. Really, really strong stuff. Let so if, let, me, let me see if I can. I'm not going to say it. I just want to see okay. if I can get in my head which one you're going to go with. Oh, All yeah, right. I already know. I already know. Okay, so Dusty, I'm, I'm going to drop, even though I loved the whole thing and I liked watching oh, that the was episode. Oh, that's yeah. the one I was actually picking for you. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm dead out the gate. So in the game of Pyramid, you suck. But in the game of picking Jay's picks, I suck. <laughs> 
So, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the Grave Robber episode. Not my favorite episode from Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> you and 99% of Tales from the Dark Side viewers would agree that it's not the one to watch. And I love Filmation Ghostbusters overall. That episode, probably not one of my favorites just because Airhead is so dopey and primeval. You want him to be smarter than to just, oh, I'm just going to hire this dopey ghost who isn't going to do shit. But yet, Nothing about Primeval's plan was solid. It made no sense because, like, Primeval himself, let's be honest, if he wanted to scare everybody, well, he could just do it himself. He doesn't need he, this well, idiotic. Mean, fuck scaring everybody. His plot in this episode is to take over the world. He wants to make sure that nobody can drive around. Like, that's so <laughs> fucking lame. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, why is he concerned with people's vehicles? That's what they call cocktail napkin booking. <laughs> it's really bad. So I think I'm going to go with the Hasbro Pyramid game because contrary to what you think, even though I was losing, I actually threw all those games. I'll, you know what? I'm not going to challenge you. If that's what you need to believe to get through the night, sure. <laughs> we'll call it a tie, Jay. No, you won fair and square, but you definitely are are hustling me, no doubt about it. I'm not totally surprised to hear that this is your pick because you were really excited that I was going 70s. You have a soft spot for 70s oh, culture. I love the 70s. We don't usually, like, I'll go there to the old times. But then, you know, sometimes you're veering the opposite direction. So I like that you went with this. This is Look, great. I, I know where my bread is butted, and my bread starts getting butted in 1984. So, yeah. yeah. But I, in this case, it's such a, I mean, God, no one talks about this as far as mummies go. And it's one of the better ones, just visually. Plus, you made it interactive. You threw in a game that we could experience. That is always more interesting because it's not just like, hey, let's watch the same thing. Pyramid, <laughs> as hard to master as the pyramids themselves. So Pyramid is your pick. Okay. Yeah. Let me look at yours. You brought up tonight. Oh, boy. Yeah, some goodies here. Howard, the mummy daddy from that episode of Amazing Stories, which if there are a top four Amazing Stories episodes this is certainly on it. It is yep. actually the favorite episode of many. I didn't even bring it up, but there's the, like the one scene where he's drinking his generic cola and he's got his straw in his mouth. It's just yep. so good. Oh, God. So, so amazing. Stories. Yes. Really, really great. <laughs> um, you brought up the Plastic Man episode featuring Disco Mummy, who, holy shit, yeah. is that my new fucking aesthetic style icon crush everything I love Disco Mummy. Yep, the best. You brought up the Wrapping Mummy plush doll, who I didn't realize until you pointed out is essentially the injured Jay singing plush doll. <laughs> very, very nice. And you brought up the Chris Jericho Mummy Monsters figure. Yes. Who made his own list, right? Um, okay, I'm going to knock out Jericho. Yeah. I'm going to knock out the J plush doll. Yes. And we're down to Disco Mummy and Howard. And oh my God, am I really? This is tough. That's yeah. a tough one. That's really, really tough. I have to pick Howard. I have to pick the Amazing Stories episode. Yeah. It's just it's, so it's good. It's too classic. Yeah. It's on YouTube. You have to pay $3.99 to watch it, but it's worth it. Just the production value. It felt like every week you were getting like a mini movie. 
The thing I love about Amazing Stories, even in the realm of anthology series, every episode was such an island unto itself. Like mm. they weren't even close in any way to each other. Right. So you're right. It was much more like a movie of the week. And that's how my family treated it. This is one of the only shows that just makes me well up with tears because I remember watching this with my family back then. It was like total event TV. Yeah. I had a great time talking about the mummies and I didn't think that uh, it was going to be as good as it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was one of my favorite shows that we've done, at least as far as uh, researching goes, because I'm like, wow, just really enjoying everything I was watching. Usually when we do these shows, there's one or two I'm like, just got to kind of suffer through. Yeah. I actually stopped the Plastic Man up, so I'm like, I got to make some popcorn. This is good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to remind you, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash purple stuff. That's where our bonus shows live. We've had so many great bonus shows lately, having such a good time on there as well. So definitely check those out. We just dropped one that's all about Easter. It features Randy the Macho Man Savage kissing the Easter bunny. If you need. Yeah. yeah. How's that for a bait? (laughs) That's what hooks him. Yeah. Just say Macho Man. The Easter bunny. Yeah. The Macho Mummy! (laughs) They're not listening to the rest of this show. They've already gone to Patreon to sign up. (laughs) They want to go out and uh, give us a five-star review. That's good, too. Yes, that's always appreciated. It's been a while since we got some reviews, so come on. Give us a little love over there. Yeah, we would really appreciate that. So thanks, everybody, so much. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. Slight feet up the street, bend your back, shift your arm, then you pull it back. Let's hard you know. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.